On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You have thoughts on the new Apple Vision Pro? Let's hear what you have to say. It's all on this show. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. This episode is all about Macworld reader and listener hot takes. You have thoughts and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. But before we get to that, this is a special Vision Pro episode. We're talking all about Vision Pro and listener and reader comments on the new product coming up. Uh, there was some news that came out over the weekend by Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Uh, we were kind of, we've been kind of in the dark as to how the kind of whole purchasing uh, process goes with the Vision Pro, and Mark Gurman kind of shed some light on that over the weekend as to how the whole the the demo process more so than the purchasing. Process. If yeah. you if you uh, if you want to buy one starting this Friday, you're going to use the Apple Store app on an iPhone that has Face ID. Because it needs to take a scan of your face, uh, or, the, or the iPad. Yeah, or that's true. I guess or the iPad Pro. Um, but but app, not on the web. Apple Store app. It needs to take a scan of your face to to get the right light seal size, and then you'll get one in the mail. <laughs> but there, you will be able after the second to go demo it in a store and buy one in a store, or at least um, order one. <laughs> That's still unclear, but but German had some details on that. German talked about a what is estimated to be a 25-minute process. It's going to be over half an hour because <laughs> that's the way things go when you're in person. I, it's funny because they don't want to say it's half an hour. It's 25 minutes. It's like how when, you, uh, when your flight is delayed, it's always 20 minutes. And then <laughs> after 20 minutes, they'll tell you it's delayed 20 minutes. Because if they tell you it's delayed for two hours, you'll get real mad and you'll leave. Roman, how long was your demo when you did it? Do you remember? Uh, well, the whole thing was over an hour, but the demo itself, when I actually had the headset on and used it or sat through the demo, was about 20, 25 minutes. It sounds like maybe it's the same demo, but... Maybe, you know, I don't know yeah, for sure. Could know. be. Maybe with some newer, a couple of newer things, but probably very similar to what you had, because you had like a pretty broad, quick overview. Yeah. And my guess is it's similar. It could be the same demo reel that I sat through. Uh, but mm -hmm. before that was a whole process where I had to get fitted, and that took about 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, according to German, that, that all still is going to happen. They're going to scan your glasses and get the right prescription. but. My my assumption is that they're much better at it now. You had it back in June. It's probably down to like a very quick method where they they scan it, to get it done, and it's within less than five or ten minutes where the thing's all ready to go for your um, for your eyes. Yeah, right. The, the 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 description says it begins with the retail worker scanning your face, just like you would do with your face ID thing at home. They're scanning your face with an app. To get a 3D model of your face, and that'll tell you which light seal, foam cushion, to, and headband size to use. Uh, and then they'll set it, you know, find a demo unit that meets that, that uh, 
settings and and have that. They'll scan your glasses to give you the right, put in the right prescription inserts and stuff. Uh, and then they need to explain how the interface works, how you'll look and tap your and pinch your fingers and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a fit dial to adjust, and you have to, uh, to explain how the vision, the digital crown works, and and you'll have to look at like vision targets to to for to calibrate the eye tracking and stuff. All of that happens before the 25 minute demo. <laughs> then there's a 25 minute demo where you're actually inside the experience and you actually go through like panorama shots and spatial photos and spatial video and 3d immersive movies where they all that stuff that part's 25 minutes there's a whole f- the whole fitting and calibration stuff is before that who knows how long that'll take roman were you sitting sitting down for your demo in a room with other people or were you standing like off to the side or something like how do they how do they do it I was sitting with uh, two product managers for the Vision Pro, and they controlled the demo. So they make sense. There were a couple instances where I did some UI stuff. uh, but I imagine that that's probably expanded in this demo now because it, you know, back then it it was still being fine tuned and didn't want it to be not. Yeah. Yeah, there were probably a lot of things not working at that time. So they're going to have to set up like an area because, you know, the Apple store is pretty crowded almost all the time. So they're going to have to set up like the back of the store or wherever they go that people aren't like bumping into shit because, you know, you might not see them. (laughs) German did not say like it's going to be in a special like enclosed room. It sounds like it's out in the open. Right? Well, I think so, because there aren't really any enclosed areas other than the stock room in an Apple store. So, But they but they could clear out like the back of the store. I think part of the this. reason they say they're only doing it at some Apple stores is because some Apple stores, it's just tables of products. But some have those little – some of the uh, uh, other stores have like the little class areas where they have like classes and stuff. And it would not surprise me if what they basically did was rope off that area for like the vision pro thing things it, that that'll be it just for the person and everybody will get to watch this person going wow and and, and then like having this experience and stuff i think that's part of the sales pitch yeah it's a marketing opportunity my local apple store is you know just a typical mall store there's no theater there's no classes or maybe there are but if they are there it's just part of the main store of the bunch of tables and ingenious part. So I wonder if my store will be one of the ones that I have that. I mean, if they do, I'll be there on February 2nd because I'm very curious to try it out. But um, I don't know how widespread the demos are going to be. There aren't many of those flagship stores. There's maybe like, I don't know, 10 in San Francisco, New York, like those really big ones that can accommodate you know, way more people. There's a lot with... Um do, do like a classroom area, class areas and stuff. Yeah, in San Francisco, there's the Union Square store, and it's two stories. The top section is the area where they do the, the sessions and the classes. The bottom area is where they have all the – is where they essentially make their sales. So I imagine it's going to be upstairs in the San Francisco store. Um, there's a store closer to me at the Stonestown Mall 
that they actually just renovated, but when I saw it the other day, the interior hadn't changed. It's it's what you would think of when you usually think of the Apple Store with all the tables and. Yeah, that's that's what I have too. Yeah, a lot of them. The the classroom area, if they have one, is upstairs. There's like a you just go up. Yeah, you, you go around where all the accessories are, and you kind of go upstairs and stuff. I live near Sacramento, so I've got two that are kind of near me. I've got the Arden Fair and the Roseville ones. I don't think either of them have that. They have classes, but the classes, the only classes they ever have are the like getting started with Mac and getting started with iPhone, where I think they just pull, hole up near one of the big demo tables <laughs> and, and use that to do those other things. If you're interested, the Vision Pro pre-ordering starts on January 19th at 5 a.m. Pacific. Sounds like you need to use, as Jason mentioned, an iPhone or an iPad because you'll need to scan your head. Need It needs to be one that has Face ID because you're going to use your True Depth sensor to create a scan of your face. The Vision Pro becomes available in Apple stores on February 2nd. Oh, and it, and it is US only. There hasn't been word as to when they'll start in other countries. I imagine that... Canada is going to come pretty quickly because d- doing the rest of North America is not hard. They did specify U.S., not North America, but do- doing North America is generally not too difficult. The rest of the world, th- there was just a rumor today from Ming-Chi Kuo that said they're go- it's going to start launching in some international markets before WWDC. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a WWDC announcement. You know, now now available in these other eight regions and these other 20 regions coming before the end of the year or whatever, you know. The, uh, the world is abuzz with the Vision Pro. We've got some uh, listener and reader comments. So the rest of this podcast, we're going to talk about your hot takes. Starting with. Uh, one that's kind of tied into the recent Consumer Electronics Show that was last week that Apple doesn't go to anymore, and Apple kind of stole the thunder. And uh, never show. really did. Yeah, I don't think it ever it used to. It used to have a MacWorld Expo at the same time, but it never it never really had a presence, uh, or at least it never had a real presence at CES. I mean, there's always iPhone and Apple related stuff there, and it's certainly kind of looms over the whole thing but um, they don't have a booth or anything so jeremiah mahan said on facebook i'm here at ces looking at the many many ar vr headsets and nothing looks even remotely as nice whether it's the hardware software or os function as the apple vision pro yeah well that's the there's the rub ar vr headsets aren't a new thing just like smartphones weren't a new thing when the iphone came up we talked about it a little bit last week, but the Vision Pro does it in a much higher end, cutting edge way with a much, much higher price. And are people willing to spend that money? And, you know, at CES, there were some demos. Sony, Sony was the biggest of Vision Pro type headsets with that type of tech. Mm-hmm. So if it is a success, even if it's a small success, that other companies are going are gonna to line up to say, hey, we're going to do this super high-end spatial computing as well. Apple's marketing would tell you, oh, but that's because it's not an AR VR headset. It's, it's spatial what? computing, it, which is 
just an invented word, they said, so that they don't look like they're coming up uh, five years behind everybody else on AR and VR. It's, it's, if, 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 if it's an AR headset or VR mixed reality, any of the R things, then, then Apple is like, well, we're years late and seven times more expensive. But for, for like a higher quality thing. And that's not nearly as interesting of a sales proposition as this is the beginning of a whole new thing, right? And it's expensive because nobody else does this. And it's true that their it's true, it's quality true. level is at a whole other level, but it's not fundamentally not AR or VR or mixed reality. It is. that It's those things. <laughs> it is an AR, VR, AR, mixed AR headset. Like- like, come on. But it, it is, it does appear to be, at least I, I've never tried it, but it appears to be more of a lifestyle device than a MetaQuest or something like that, where those as th- those are more, you know, youth gaming oriented than Vision Pro, which is more uh, adult lifestyle ecosystem. Yeah, they are pitching it as a, in a different way because um, I, I, one, because it's not out yet and they get to control the messaging. <laughs> um, uh, it's like Meta really wanted their thing to be all about social, this social metaverse could connection and they beat that drum forever. And everybody's just like, no, I'm going to play games and watch movies. Yeah, we're not, right. We're not, we're not. And, and we're going to see just like it with Apple Watch after this thing's been out for a year and, and it's got some, some people using it. We're going to see what does well in, in the app store, where the usage is. What people actually want to do with it, you know? Are, is anyone getting any real work done with this thing? Does everybody go like, "Oh, neat Mac virtual display"? Well, this is much harder than just using my Mac. I'm just gonna <laughs> do my work with this thing off. <laughs> yes, yeah, so speaking to that, German and um, someone else I read, they say that the keyboard is a mess. Yeah, like the virtual keyboard just doesn't like if you're gonna use it for a Mac, you need to get a Bluetooth keyboard because the typing, the muscle memory, all like none of it, or anything, any social media things and stuff. You're, it's, uh, it's, it's voice dictation, and it's uh, hunting and pecking one key at a time on that virtual keyboard. And uh, yeah, that's that sounds like one of the things that is going to be high on the list for Apple to address. You know, moving forward. Because you can't just do dictation all the way. For all, first of all, it's an accessibility problem for people who have speech problems. But second of all, there's plenty of times when you can't just dictate. Like, it's disturbing to other people. <laughs> it's also not the way a lot of people think. Like, I don't think in terms of speaking out loud when I write. You know, so you need that keyboard element still. Yeah, as people of this podcast know, I, I, I'm not much of a talker to begin with. so. Dictated would be a. The irony is that we we made him the the host of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we did that to to keep it short. If one of us hosted it, we'd go so far off topic so often. Uh, this thing would be three hours long with like thirty minutes of useful <laughs> information. So along the idea of the price and the uh, quality. Jack Palomo said, anyone remember Lisa? It was expensive. Remember Betamax? If products are too expensive, people won't buy them. 
And then when they lowered the price, people moved to the cheaper version, like VHS. Well, both of those things had issues mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, Betamax, there was a, a, an alternative that was in some ways better and a lot cheaper. Yeah. There is nothing on Vision Pro's level right now. You can say, yeah, the MetaQuest is way cheaper and it's a completely different thing. You can't really, it's not like one or the other is going to win. They can exist together because yeah. they're very different things. They have a really hard uh, task ahead of them. Like when the iPhone came out, everyone needed a, a cell phone anyways. And the, and the prospect was, well, do I spend a, a couple hundred dollars more? Because I think it was like, was it 399 because you had to buy it on contract? It was five five ninety. With a with a two year contract, right, and then they quickly dropped it, like after throughout the price after like six months or something. You know, am I going to buy a two hundred dollars cell phone, or am I going to get my first smartphone with this great thing? And it's a few hundred dollars more, but you need a cell phone anyways. And and the same thing with the Lisa, you you were going to get a personal computer anyways. Do you spend more for this one? This is not something people are convinced they need. Nobody's out there going like, well, I need a VR headset anyway. I need a spatial computer. Like they have to first convince you that this is something you need in your life and then convince you to pay not hundreds more, but thousands more for theirs. That's, I mean, it's a good thing they can't manufacture a ton of them because they can just be, quote, sold out for, for a long time. Yeah. And also convincing people that it's something they're going to use on a daily basis or every, you know, even, you know, multiple times a week. It's, it, I agree with Jason and, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's not rocket science. This is probably the hardest product ever Apple has ever had to sell. They'll declare success regardless, and people will already have made up their minds after it's been on sale for a week or not, whether or not it's a flop. There's obviously going to be later versions that are more affordable, maybe more compact, whatever. And the job of this one is to make you want that one, right? It's to keep interest up, and that's going to be the tough part. Interest is going to be through the roof in the first month. But is it going to completely tank? Or are people going to stay interested long enough that when the sec next one comes out, there's lines at Apple stores, right? That's that's that goal. And can they do that? It's it's kind of like the iPod, where people weren't sure they needed an MP3 player when that came out. And all of a sudden, yeah. this one was $400. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's that's way too much. But once people saw it in use, once people saw it, those uh, those commercials that they, they had, then they were like, well, all right, maybe... Let me go to the Apple store and check it out. Okay, I like this thing, maybe. And then within two years, once the price dropped and the, and the storage went up and then it became- And Windows. Uh, uh, that was the other Windows, thing. Yeah. They, they switched from Firewire to USB and put iTunes on Windows, which was it, whatever market share Macs have today, it was way worse then when the iPad came, when the iPod came out. But being on Windows and supporting Windows and and having a new version that was- more capable. Right. And they had, they came out the iTunes store, but the, the, the main conceit of it was we have to convince you that you want a, a yeah. high price MP3 player. Nerds wanted an MP3 player, but most people were just buying CDs and they were fine with that at that time. And Apple didn't make anything that wasn't a Mac at the time. That was, that was its first product that was. Uh, that uh, outside a couple things that flopped the Newton flopped the Pip. Oh yeah, okay. you know there were there, there were some right. things so that the modern the modern app at the time yeah. there was nothing on in its catalog. Yes, yeah, yeah printers. So yeah, it's a know, it's a very things. hard 
it's a hard device to sell. It's probably going to be another 10 years, seven to 10 years before it becomes, you know, shrunken down to the, to the, to the level of something that we can wear all the time without having a big thing strapped to our face without having a battery pack and all that stuff. Like we're, we're, we're a ways away from that. But I think we're probably two years away from what I would call a, something that's as affordable as an, as a, as a, a pro iPhone, a pro max iPhone, right? It, it being a $1,500 thing, something they could actually sell a few million of a year, you know? Like you said, that's not, it's still not going to be something you can wear all day. It may never be something you can wear all day. It, it, it may be that the end trajectory for this is not smart glasses that you just wear for hours and hours and hours a day. <laughs> it, it may be something like headphones or something where a couple hours here, a couple hours there. I think it'll at least get to the point where we're wearing them outside. And yes. Often yeah. relatively commonplace. There's way too much uh, potential in doing augmented reality stuff in the real world, like out, out and about, you know, that, that you'll see that. Um, Apple did talk about in a press release today, I think, that the, there's a guest mode and, uh, and a travel mode, which stabilizes everything when you're on a plane. I bet you'll see someone, somebody will see someone using one on a plane on February 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so. I think, I think that'll be pretty great. That, that's actually a pretty perfect use case for oh, yeah. this sort of thing. Because those, those little displays on TVs are terrible. On, on planes are terrible. I don't fly a lot, but I don't even see those anymore. They've all just gone to use your own device. You just There's connect a lot to of the that. Wi-Fi. Yeah, like, like JetBlue, you, just, you get an iPad and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So you're looking at a very small screen with 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 buffering and everything else, but yeah, if you can get a hundred foot, I, I was I was editing a story that Roman wrote this morning, and I wrote hundred inch display just just out of like right, you know, just muscle memory. I was like, wait a minute, no, no, that's that's right. It's a hundred. No, it's feet like an IMAX screen. Was, like it yeah, looks like, like sitting that. in an IMAX theater. If like if yeah. you could have that experience watching something on the plane, yeah, I'll take that. Especially if the drink service comes or whatever, if you just roll the little dial yeah, and you can see outside and they see your eyes and know that you're paying attention and you say, you know, I'll have peanuts. Thanks. <laughs> they never have peanuts. And on it, planes, it does so. seem like that's the, the main attraction, so to speak for Apple vision pro right now is entertainment. Like that seems to be polished and ready to go. Whereas the other stuff, the Mac stuff, maybe the, the spatial videos, like we'll we'll see mm -hmm. how all that integrates. But for entertainment, because so Apple today said there's how many 3D movies, uh, immersive entertainment experience, Alicia Keys, adventure, wildlife, prehistoric planet. Like they've been building out their library mm -hmm. for Apple Vision Pro, and that's the kind of thing that you go into an Apple store, you try out that demo, and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. So and that's what sticks in your head. That maybe in two years when it's 1999, maybe I will buy one. Right. I don't want to watch videos so much that that's to me the exciting use case. It, it is what's early. What will be interesting is to see what developers do. There will be a million games out of the gate. That's just the way these products always work. If there's an app mm -hmm. store, the games, the games are there. The good, bad, doesn't matter. They, the game developers will be all over it. Things like the the being able to like FaceTime with a hologram of somebody, like that kind of AR VR stuff, 
which isn't ready yet. That I think is the next big. They already week. said that's going to be in beta mode when that launches. Yeah, and that's not even really. That's just sort of like a top picture of your face. It's like a recreation of you, like a little de- digital recreation of you. It's not quite look like you. It's like a scan of your face, <laughs> and it's like a it's like a realistic emoji of you. But the the future, you know, if we're talking about five years from now or something, the idea that you could practically look like you're in a room with somebody you know, you can see their body language and stuff like that, um, and their facial expressions and all that stuff as you talk to them and they're on the other side of the country, that's that's huge. That's the kind of thing that sells tens of millions of these things. Michael Muni said, without controller support and Steam VR capability, it won't really have much consumer support. Looks like it'll be business oriented only, and that's a steep hill to climb when people and businesses are set in their ways. I'm not sure that's correct. I don't know. I, I think he's confusing business with productivity. Like it's not so much, they're not targeting businesses, but they're targeting a, a, a higher use case or a different use case than game but they, they actually they, they do have controller support they did say that um i'm assuming it's the same controls that's controllers that are supported by iphone they, it, it, it doesn't have their own controllers but you can use a game gaming pad it's not the same thing steam vr is basically you know it's not going to play all those games all those steam vr games and he's right but that doesn't stop and neither does an iphone and that doesn't stop hundreds of millions of people buying an iPhone every year to play casually casual different kind of games and there's plenty of room for that to happen it's just not going to be the same VR game experience and for that matter things like the Meta Quest you know they have their own app store with their own VR games and many of them are huge hits and but I'd be shocked if Beat Saber wasn't there almost right away on day one and stuff like that. These these sort of popular, broadly popular, not just among super hardcore gamers, VR games. There's no reason they can't come to Apple's App Store. They don't, You don't need Steam VR for that. Yeah, well, they already said there's a couple arcade games that have been Vision Pro. Yeah, like Fruit Ninja. Eyes. Yeah. The, that golf game that they have. Um, so there's that. And, you know, they're going to be within weeks if not hours of Vision Pro launching a ton of VR games that you can play. And standard games that you'll play on a virtual screen with a controller, just like you would watch a flat TV show on the big 100-foot virtual screen. You could play a big virtual streaming thing. I don't, I've never used MetaQuest, but on, the, like on a MetaQuest, can you just download, I don't know, a copy of Candy Crush and just play it on a big giant screen? Or did it have to be a VR game? From their app store, it's been a while, but from their app store, it's mostly VR for VR games. But they have the ability to hook it up to a PC with a cable and and then play like Steam VR stuff. And those are mostly VR games. But there are lots of apps people have to do basically like virtual TVs, virtual de- virtual desktops and stuff. So you can play your PC games and your emulators and all that other stuff on basically a virtual screen in a in a virtual environment and some of them work really well latency is always a question with one of those things but in fact i want to say 
Microsoft has an official for first Xbox game streaming. I think they have an official app uh, for the MetaQuest. So you've got your Xbox controller, you're in your MetaQuest, and there's a big virtual, essentially a big giant virtual TV, hundreds of inches big or whatever. And But it's just the cloud streaming of your Xbox games. Is there an Xbox VR thing rumored? The The official word from Phil Spencer's head of Xbox has been, this is not what developers are asking me for. The, the, of all the things that we aim to do, nobody's going like, gee, I, I, how come I can't make VR games? Because they, they, don't, they don't sell well enough and stuff. So it's like they have enough other more important things to do than do a VR just because there's PlayStation VR. The Boz Burst posted on X, struggling to see the point of these much as I did with 3D TVs. Well, it's diff- it's not quite analogous to that. I mean, we all knew, knew 3D's TVs were, were a flop. Like, almost from the outset. Like, you could tell, like, who's going to want to do this? It's, it's a TV. It's the same TV you got. You're just adding depth to it. This is a totally different thing. If you kind of just don't see, like, why would anybody want one of these or, or what could we do, go to a Best Buy or something where there's always a MetaQuest, like, demo station that you can, like, try on and run through some demos and stuff. And you, you can pretty quickly see that, like, even if this app or this thing isn't something that you want to do, you can pretty quickly see that, like, oh, I, I get how taking reality and superimposing graphics onto it is a powerful thing that can have a, a gajillion uses. Uh, Craig Lacey said, people were complaining about the expensive Pro Display XDR also, but they need to realize not everything Apple sells is for the average consumer. That's true. And this is cheaper compared to that. This is a bargain. Yeah. You're getting like a $2,000 discount. Yeah. <laughs> Although this is definitely not, it's got the Pro moniker. It is not aimed at the same market as the Pro Display XDR. Like their whole software experience is consumer stuff. Like this is not. Yeah, but it, it is a it is a higher level than like my parents buying an iPhone 15. You know, yes. it's between those two. In the sense that it's not a net market for everybody. This is pro in the way that AirPods Pro is pro and iPhone Pro is pro and, and, and iPad Pro is pro. It's pro meaning just like this is the big expensive one, not this is professional gear. Is this like the absolute cutting edge? of what's possible with the VR headset. Oh, I do. It's not what I mean. I mean, the Pro Display XDR is like Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro and stuff like that, and that is a piece of professional equipment for professionals to do. Whereas AirPods Pro and iPhone Pro and and iPad Pro and and stuff are just the high-end version that's the best we can make, but it's for everyone. It's for consumers and stuff. And that's what this is, and it's going to be a while before it's cheaper, that's for sure. Yeah, they almost had to call it Vision Pro because right. there will be a non-pro version at some point. And, you know, it, like this is just how they name stuff. Yeah, latest rumors, the follow-up will be two models, uh, another pro model and a another model that will, we don't know what it's called, you know, Vision Air, I don't, who knows. Vision Air, get it? Vision yeah. Air. Yeah, I think that's a Vision. good name. I think we should go with that. <laughs> Ian Minton said, considering the gravity of the value of this new frontier of consumer data Apple will be collecting and monetizing from, these devices Apple 
should be giving them away. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen. Apple never gives we, anything we could away. We can argue about this for the next yeah. 50 years. <laughs> you know, are, are, are we the consumer? Of course we are. I mean, Apple is. Are we the yes, product? Yeah, but, are we the consumer? Yeah. Apple's going to do both. <laughs> yeah. Why give them away when you could sell them? Right. <laughs> never leave money on the table. You know, the, the privacy aspect is higher than other devices. But yes, this is the age we live in. Data is is the new gold, and that's just the way it's going to be. Apple collects plenty. Yeah. Do they collect less than Google? I mean, probably. But, you know, they still know everything about me. You know, if I if I went up to Tim Cook and went to his Mac right now, I'm sure there's a file on on all of us with everything that we bought and do and everything else. I mean, it's all there. Yeah. We voluntarily give up a lot of this stuff. Yeah, there's a lot they don't track, but they do use that they or I should say they don't transfer. It's tracked and kept on your device, and then they target ads to it, but they don't ever get the information. Things like your location, like yeah, which which is to say to turn it off. You could you could choose to. Yeah, which isn't to say that other companies aren't getting your location through other means, but I'm just saying like so in an example for for Vision Pro, they talked a lot at launch about how things like the eye tracking never goes anywhere. It, it's it's almost like face ID and touch ID. It's almost like it's in a secure enclave, like it's in a separate chip that apps don't have access to or anything. Uh, and facial scanning and stuff like that. Like there's, uh, they're they're doing for purchases. There's a new type of ID. It's like a retinal scan. Like, what do they call it? Do they have a name for it? IID or something? <laughs> it wouldn't be IID. It's a different sort of purchase confirmation because that uses like a, a your eye scan to do it. And all that kind of stuff is is cordoned off and enclaved and and stuff for for privacy reasons, but there's no doubt that just as developers on the iPhone find all kinds of ways to piece together bits of data to get a more complete picture of you than the strict privacy and allotments of Apple, that that's going to happen with all these devices. Not just Apple, all, but all. Uh, it's called Optic. That's an Optic ID. They'll, uh, they would, it'd be crazy to give them away because first of all, your data is not that valuable. Yet, because there's, because no, I mean that kind of data. Like there just aren't enough Vision Pro headsets out there. So the most people you could, re- what are you gonna reach a hundred thousand people? Like who, like who cares much? Like, like advertisers and everybody they would sell the target data with. It's it's just not valuable yet. But in years, <laughs> it will be, and they'll still. They're not gonna give this stuff away. It's like saying they might as well give away the iPhone because of all the money you spend on services and. <laughs> ads and all that other stuff. I mean, it, it is though like another device that locks us in just a little bit more. Oh yeah, to that Apple Apple ecosystem for sure, and it's a vehicle, a vessel for all of its services and the iPhone and the AirPods and the Apple and like it's just it's it's just that that pyramid that keeps getting new levels, and this is you know Apple. There's no secret here. Apple is, this is the thing. You know, David wrote a column on Monday, yesterday. Like, this is Apple's fourth era. So we have the Mac, the iPod, iPhone, and now we're like, this is what Apple wants to be the the post iPhone, post PC, post everything. Yeah. 
is AR, VR, and this this product. Is it going to get there? I mean, I don't. But it's certainly a moonshot because it's a it's a hell of a device as far as the design of it and the the capabilities. It's just now this is where this is where you kind of wish like man if Steve Jobs was still alive like how would he be what would Vision Pro be looking like how would he sell it because he was such a master at convincing you that not only is this thing the greatest thing that ever ever came out but you also want it at any price. And Tim Tim Cook's good, but he's not he's not quite Steve Jobs good. So we'll see. We'll see how this, you know, they got time. It doesn't have to be a success in year one or even year two. They got the money, they got the time. It's not gonna bankrupt them, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But this is it. This is the device that we've been waiting for since the iPhone. Yeah, I think the race is really between Apple and Meta for this. And it's it could, or maybe Apple and Apple in itself. Really, you know. Yeah, no, I mean for this next era of computing, for this for this AR VR era and stuff. There's, oh, you mean it's, nobody, it, is, it's, it is an era. There's no yeah. there's nobody selling significant numbers or investing in technology at the level that Meta is uh, outside of Apple, and it's what well, well, can this thing get cheaper and and maintain its quality faster than Meta can increase the quality of of their things and rise. Because they were, I mean, they they sell million, they sell a few million meta quests a year. Uh, it's not, uh, it's going to take Apple a while to get to that point. I mean, they simply can't manufacture that fast. What's the next meta quest? What's meta quest four look like? What's the ne- what's the next big leap from them, and how will it compare? Because they have a huge software infrastructure at at, at play already, uh, an app store that's been running for years, tons of content. They figured out a lot of capabilities. They have millions of users who use it all the time and tell them like what what works and what doesn't, how it needs to go. And so it's they've got a big head start. They're just not willing to put out a thirty five hundred dollar thing. Well, I don't know if anybody. I mean, there's very there's very few companies that could do that and have any prayer of anyone buying. <laughs> right outside of stuff that targets enterprise. Like you know, Microsoft tried to, you know, they had they had Hololens and Hololens two, and they were really expensive, and they really then they that realized was, it was about the same price as this. It was a few thousand dollars and far less capable in a lot of ways. But they realized that like the big businesses will spend this money to increase the productivity of a factory worker or something like. But they well to, now they now they killed it all together. Yeah, they didn't they're not sure. even making any. But they did. They they tried to make it um, enterprise. I actually tested it a bunch of years ago at um, uh, Barcelona, whatever the uh, MW Mobile World Congress, and you know it was fine. I wasn't blown away by any stretch. It was interesting. It was new. All the you know like it was able to track stuff in the room and put things on a table. Like it was it was cool. But that's not enough for for Vision Pro. Like it has to be way. Uh, so we'll wrap up this episode with three short comments. Despues Vengo on Twitter posted revolutionary. TWeb101 on Twitter posted a gif of the Hindenburg. (laughs) (laughs) And then Casey West said on Facebook, this is going the way of Google Glasses. Maybe. I mean, maybe. We, we, We honestly don't know. 
And we're not going to know on February 2nd either, or March 2nd. It's going to take a little bit of time to figure out what or if this thing is Apple's like true next big thing. But remember, the iPod, it took till version 3 iPhone, the iPhone 4 was like the thing that broke it. These things don't happen overnight. We we look back and just think that Steve Jobs came out there, snapped his hands, and everyone bought one. That didn't happen. It takes time to develop and to convince people and to yeah. to create a product that's you know cheap enough and 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 mainstream enough and desirable and manufacturable so, enough. Yeah. And and yeah, so it's going to take time if it if it becomes a thing. We we do know that no matter how it ends up, Apple will quickly declare it a smash hit regardless and say it's sold out and then apple detractors will say uh, they've only sold a hundred thousand metas over there and they sold they sold a million and a half in the same time period they're getting crushed and it's a giant failure and that's gonna happen and people are gonna say those things regardless and that's not really in- indicative of like does this have a long future ahead of it it's not going to be hard for apple to 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 sell out of something that they can manufacture relatively so few of compared to their other products. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 870. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. Thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your comments. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.